Joshua T. Berglund, and welcome to the LibMana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm super excited about our guest. Uh, you guys are in for a freaking treat today. Uh, but I want to get something off my chest because I'm a little fired up today. I haven't been fired. Well, that's not true. I'm fired up all the time, but I'm fired up more than usual. Stop with the hate. Stop with the hate. I don't care what your religious beliefs are, what version of the Bible you think is right. Shut up and quit hating people. Quit attacking people based on their beliefs, where they're at, you know, because we're supposed to meet people where they're at. But I got to tell you something. Those people that are bashing homosexuals, bisexuals, transgendered, and whatever else they want to call themselves lately, because, you know, labeling is dumb anyway. But for the Christians that are attacking the homosexual community, the LGBT community, whatever, for those that are attacking them, how do you feel knowing, especially quoting the King James version of the Bible, how does it feel to know that King James was gay? I know they didn't teach you that in Sunday school, and they sure as hell didn't talk about it in church, but King James was gay. He was known as Queen James in his community and around the world. It's in, all the, and it's in history books. It's actually factual. So how does that change things for you? I know one thing, your judgmental butts stop. You're doing more to hurt the kingdom than anything else. We are to meet people where they're at. We are to love people where they're at. Because your hate and your discrimination and you lashing out on social media about people, with regardless of where they're at, does more to harm the kingdom than it does build it. And right now, folks, I'm sorry, we have a kingdom to build. We've got a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world right now. And obviously, you're not going to see it on the news. But, you know, everyone's favorite newscasters seem to be getting in a lot of trouble lately for their inappropriate behavior, including lying to the police and other things, sexual harassment, all the things that they've accused other people of doing. Why do you think they do it? So you look this way so they can keep doing their crap over here. The same thing goes with the church. The same thing goes with anyone else that's lashing out at other people. Now, you could say that I'm lashing out at people. That's fine. But I all my stuff is out there. That's why we have the devil inside me. Okay? And I still talk about my screw-ups. That's why I'm a shock jock evangelist, because I tell the truth. 
I'm not all the way healed. I'm not all the way perfect yet. But I'm on my way. But you know how I'm on my way? I'm on my way because of love. I'm on my way because of my relationship with Jesus. I'm on my way because of my personal relationship with Jesus. I'm on my way because of obedience to the Holy Spirit. And I'm ready for war. And that includes anyone that is hating on other people. Anyone that's lying, anyone that's hiding the truth, I'm, I'm coming after you. Because I've had enough of it. I did an episode of three years ago when I was in L.A. called Going Deeper. And it was about my struggles with my own sexuality and everything else. It's all public information. None of this is new. My mommy knows. Everybody knows. It's all public. But I did it after knowing two people within two days that killed themselves because of their fear of judgment of the church. They love God and they killed themselves because of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is not winning anyone and it's not elevating other people. That is not why we're here. We are here to use our gifts to be a blessing to other people. We are here to use our gifts to bless others. We are here to serve our fellow man. That is what we're here. We're here to raise up other leaders so that they can go on and lead. We're here to share our story of not just how we overcame, but even the battle in trying to overcome. Because there's somebody that's right there with you. And that includes people in the church, that includes people of other faiths, of other religions, of other genders, and everything else. We got to love, and I'm not talking some hippie accept everything love, because if that was the case, then we would accept the injustices that are happening in the world like the Maxwell trial. First of all, that's all a show, and it's already, like, they're going to eliminate it, and nothing's going to come out of that. I'm sick of that stuff. But I believe with everything in me, all that's been hidden will be revealed. And that includes all of the stuff that's in our closet. So you might as well get it out now, because when you're the one that opens up your closet for the world to see, you take away everyone else's weapons. So your fear of other people finding out doesn't serve you or anyone else. Speak boldly the truth, the truth, even if the truth for you changes, speak boldly the truth, because ultimately it will set you free and it'll set others free too. All right, guys, enough of my rant. I want to give a shout out really quick to Pathwater. Thank you guys so much for your uh, support of the Live Model Worldwide Foundation. As you know, this is a reusable water bottle. You can get it at any convenience store or you can go online and buy it and use Joshua T. Berglund as your promo code to save 20% and get free shipping. Why is this water special? Other than the fact that it has different water options and it tastes amazing, it's a reusable bottle. For $2, a reusable bottle. I don't know if you've gone to the grocery store and tried to buy one of those fancy water bottles that cost $50. Well, this costs $2.50. You can use this and you can reduce plastic pollution because that is a real problem that is affecting our food. Um, it's, affecting, it's affecting our way of life in ways that you may not even comprehend yet. So please go support drinkpathwater.com. Use my promo code and save 20% on your order and get free shipping. Also want to give a shout out to State and Liberty. Thank you guys so much for the suit. I love <laughs> I love my suit and uh, I love working with you guys. God bless you. Um, all right. So we have an awesome guest today. We actually have a new sponsor too, uh, but I'm not ready to promote it yet, but I'm excited uh, because it, look, it's, it means a lot to me getting to talk about brands that I care about and love because I won't promote anything I don't believe in, including my faith, including the water I drink or the suits I wear. All right. So we have an amazing guest. 
And I'm all about wanting to perform at an optimal level. That is not just in work. That is not just doing this show. That is not the, just the work that we do in our foundation, but that's also at home. That's also being a father. It's also being a husband that, or just being just a human being. I want to be the best that I can be. And one of the things that I think we take for granted sometimes is we get caught up in our own stuff. Like we think that, you know, our S doesn't stink and we think we got it all figured out. Well, that's the importance of having a coach, if you ask me, because you have a coach that's there to go, yeah, sure. But have you ever thought about it this way? Or maybe have you ever considered about trying this? Or what about this perspective? It's always good to have another set of eyes and ears and also someone that's strong enough to hold you, hold you accountable. So it is a real blessing for me. This guy is not just a coach. He's not just a superstar leader. Uh, he's so much more than that. But I'm going to let him share his story with you. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. The one, the only, Michael S. Seaver. Welcome to the show. How you doing, man? I'm fantastic. How are you, Joshua? I am blessed, brother. It's so good to see you. So glad that we're getting to do this finally. And uh, I appreciate your patience while I went on my little rant. <laughs> a little fired up today. Um, so. I completely agree with you, Guy. We have to right now step into the light. Like the way that you said that, meeting people where they are. I loved what you said about everything that is hidden is now being revealed. I could not agree more. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. I mean, I remember, man, and I don't know if you've ever kept any secrets in your life. But I remember sabotaging opportunities. Like I've had the same vision for my life since I was a kid, but I've always like, I can't do that because people will find out about all the bad stuff I did and, and just kept running and running and running for my purpose. And every time I would have this opportunity to step out into the world, so to speak, to, to make my dreams come true, I'd go, oh, God, the people are going to find out I did this and did that. And I, and I was crippled by that and paralyzed by that. And now I've gone the completely opposite way where I just tell everything. And you know what? I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it sure has been freeing for me. And I know for one thing's for sure, me getting to be that way and, and living that way, I have zero fear of what's said about me because I promise you, nothing's worse than what I've said about myself. <laughs> That's such a tremendous way to say it, Joshua. I, I couldn't agree more. This is the thing about being a coach is that we believe in the power of asking questions of those people around us, clients, community, those we serve, as you mentioned a second ago, that each person in his or her own heart has all of the answers to their life's most difficult questions inside their own heart. And all they need to do is feel the safety and security from God's love or from the people around them, their family, themselves, fill in the blank. And as they start to authentically share their story, all of the fear subsides and you walk wholly into your power. It's incredible, but so many people are afraid to do it. And we just got to help them release the fear. It's, and it is terrifying. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to front. It is, I said front. What, <laughs> oh my God, I just ate myself. <laughs> I'm not going to front. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. I remember coming out publicly about having HIV and two of the, Two of the reasons that I'd hidden about going to jail uh, for domestic violence. And I hid it. I was so scared, so scared. And after I did it, I felt like my entire innards just cracked. I felt like everything cracked. But 
with that came a lot of fear, but actually that cracking feeling was truly being set free. And I remember my ex at the time who I had all most of the drama with, she looked at me and she said, thank you. Because I didn't know this at the time. I'd always heard the tr truth will set you free, but I never realized that it actually set other people free that were keeping secrets for me. And that was a real mind-blowing thing. Yeah. So tell everybody, my friend, a little bit about yourself, like what you're passionate about and, and who, you know, what you're up to in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. It's, it really is important at this time in human history for us to share as openly as possible. Mm -hmm. And I honor what it is that you just shared, Joshua, because I opened my most recently published book with my uh, ideas around contemplating suicide because I was so fearful of the judgment for, for people around me. Like I was raised in a small town in West Michigan at age 23, I got married, moved to the state of Arizona. Five years later, I was divorced and starting an MBA program. And that turned into a corporate job that was very disengaging for me. So in October of 2011, I started my coaching practice, which I run today. And it has morphed and evolved from me writing other people's resumes into today, I help individuals and organizations at the point of transformation. So if we need to change organizational culture or shift strategy, or if I need to come into a person's life and help them become the most authentic version of themselves, I have a lot of strategies and methods and ways by which I do that. But the thing that has allowed for me to serve so many people is, is at some point, I overcame the fear of depression. Or I overcame the fear of talking about divorce. Or I overcame the fear of wanting to commit suicide because I was so frustrated that in me telling those stories, I allowed other people to feel relieved about whatever it is that I shared with them. And now people are being drawn to me because they realize that I'm, I have already gone through what it is that they are now experiencing. And I can serve as that safe place to allow for them to share their story and to walk into their true power too. I want you to, so I, I've been divorced three times. Um, <laughs> and I can only laugh about it because it's so just the reasoning for being married and all of these things. I mean, it's, it's part of my story, but so glad to now like have my queen, my true queen. But I was excited after my divorces or... I felt free after my divorces because I was in the relationship for the wrong reason. So I didn't, the only like hangover and sadness I had was because I was codependent and because I was embarrassed, but it was more all selfish, narcissistic stuff for me. I've never met anybody or ever actually talked to anybody like another man that's been divorced, but actually went through like sorrow with it. Can you talk to that and what that's like? Because I know there's other men out there that are listening or even young men that are going through a, a, going through divorce. They're thinking about getting divorced or they're at this place where they're looking to sabotage the marriage so that they can get free. Uh, and there's other people that really, really love their spouse and don't want it to end, but they see it happening. Can you talk to them as and from your perspective of divorce and what it was like for you? Absolutely. And so this comes back to my belief that all persons come to earth with a specific curriculum, things that we're supposed to learn experientially. And, and if that's true, right, I believe that it is God gives us all a unique plan, if you will. And so when from birth until about age six, we are acculturated, every single human being on the planet is acculturated by their family. Mm 
And so oftentimes our belief patterns or structures are molded by our parents during those very early years to be what is right or wrong. And so for each of us who are considering navigating, exiting some sort of a relationship, what's happening in the back of our mind is we are replaying everything that our parents taught us throughout those formative years for us. And so we have to be very mindful of it is a-okay for you to stand in your truth and to exit a relationship that is not serving you. But at the same time, you have to be very mindful of those mental models that were acculturated to you in those younger years. And in our society, it's very patriarchal. It's a very reason-based. It's a very unloving society. Naturally, we are taught that men are not allowed to express themselves, especially the sadness, the depression, and the sorrow. So I want each person to recognize and honor that they came to earth as a very unique being. They were acculturated to believe something. And then that acculturation stops them from making the right choices. So instead of that, make the choice and then work for a period of time to release the sadness and the sorrow of the depression by walking or talking with someone and allow for that truth to come out. Because months later, you will stand in a place of love and congruity and alignment and authenticity and in ways you can't fathom right now. I've seen it time and time again, Joshua. It's there for all of us to take. Man, that's good. Do you, are you familiar with Code of the Extraordinary Mind? No, no. Oh, you are like speaking the book right now. <laughs> uh, it, it's by Vishen Lanakani. He's mindvalley.com. Great book. Highly recommend it. Um, but that expanded my thinking. I, I'm a... I know man got his grubby hands on the Bible, but I love the Bible. I, I genuinely do, even though I know that it is corrupted to some degree. I love it. I love it. But just like anything, I, my belief is that you, you need the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible. But honestly, any book you read, even if it's the ingredients of a water bottle, like you probably to discern the truth, because there's a lot of shady stuff out there. I think you need the Holy Spirit for anything. But that said, that book is so on point and it really helped me break out of the box and it helped me understand that I wasn't crazy for questioning the things that I'd been told since I was young because things didn't feel right. And I'm also curious, like I, I live by the power of curiosity. So I'm going to ask questions anyway, because I want to have a deeper understanding of it. That was, I don't know where that came from, but that was like, that's always been ingrained in me. Um, so I love your philosophy on that because so many of us think that our parents are God or we treat them as that. So when they tell us, hey, you need to go to college or you need to have this career, this is what you need to do. You need to play this sport. No wonder so many kids get screwed up because in their heart going, dad, I want to be a drummer. <laughs> like I want to be Eddie Van Halen or whatever. Like it's this, this is what I want to do. Like for me. I, I didn't want to be in sales. I have no interest in sales at all. I wanted to serve and I wanted to entertain and I wanted to just be me. I wanted to be a character. I wanted to help people. I And I didn't know when I was young, like the different understood my gifts, but dadgummit, that's what I wanted to do. But I didn't want to be a professional golfer, which probably seemed dumb because I was pretty good. But I didn't <laughs> want to do those things that my parents were trying to force me to. But here's the thing. I did them anyway. And what I've learned, or even even this is a, a, a strange example, but when you know you're, you're at the dinner table and your parents are like, finish your peas, and they're like, finish your food, you need to finish your plate. Like even those kind of things and that mindset, when your body internally is going, I don't 
like, I don't need that. Or I don't want that. I don't want to do that. But then you do it anyway. It, I kind of take it now. It's like being raped. And I know that that's probably a bad example. But when you're doing something you don't want to do, that's rapey. And that includes your job. That includes the church you go to. That includes your belief system. That includes your religion. If you're doing something that your spirit is telling you isn't for you and you don't listen to it, guess what happens? Things go really wrong. Yeah. In my case, I turn into the devil. <laughs> so let me ask you, for you, when did you truly own who you are and, and step into that purpose fully? Yeah, it's taken quite some time, Joshua. It's when I think about being raised in Michigan, I moved to Arizona when I was 23. I lived there for 18 years. I now live in, in North Carolina on the East Coast. Right. And I am 41 years of age at this point. And I think that I fully walked into understanding myself at age 37. So basically about four, maybe five years ago. And it was a lot of different experiences of, of me working with therapists or executive coaches or trying different things in my business or talking to different people around the world. And I don't want people to, to think that they find themselves at some particular age. It's different for each person. But I had to go through working inside of a family business that was really emotionally destructive. I had to go through a marriage where I was left and divorced. I had to go through a corporate job where I felt like this big, you know, I just felt like a number inside of this much larger system. And so these experiences and these challenges gave me an emotional resilience to push through those really difficult and hard times to truly have this courage, which I want everybody to have, to walk into your true self. And that takes time, right? It doesn't happen right away. So it took me probably five long-term relationships that did not work out to find the partner that I'm with now, a woman named Tiffany, who is absolutely everything that I've ever wanted in a partner. But it took five you know, iterations, if you will, to get to that point. So it took me a little bit longer in life to go through the iterations and to go through the experiments and the experiences to know exactly who I am in my soul. But then you throw on top of that all of the transformation that's happening in society, and that creates even more levels of deeper questioning and deeper awareness. So everybody watching and listening, I know you're experiencing it. I know you're going through those periods of wonderment, but I promise you, just be patient, just be resilient. The answers will eventually come out of you to know what to do next. Have you noticed a physical, uh, is uncomfortableness the word? No, uncomfort, uncomfort, a, a physical uncomfort in the last few weeks where your body felt like maybe your brain was attached, but your body wasn't there. Like, have you been experiencing anything like that? Amen, brother, because seriously, <laughs> yes, of course. Oh God, my wife and I have been going through it. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> it's uh, so astrologists. So NASA refers to this as the procession of the equinoxes. Astrologists call it the, like the, the transition from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in some kind of Christian theology, it's kind of the, the second coming of Christ, but it's the Christ within us. And so right now in human history, we're all going through this transformation. So the way that I think the universe works is that it'll give us epiphanies. It'll put people into our life. That's trying to teach us a lesson. But if we don't pick up the lesson fast enough, the way that it will then utilize to bring the awareness to us is some sort of physical pain. So then that physical pain is the awareness for us to say, okay, I have this emotion that I need to address. How do I address it? So for you, Joshua, I know you're thinking right now, the book is called 
Feelings Buried Alive Never Die by a woman named Carol Truman. And what she has done over 50 years of study is she has identified that every pain that experiences that we can experience in the human body is driven by a specific emotion. When we then identify and address the emotion, not all times, but oftentimes the pain will subside. That's really important for everybody to understand. Like the universe is always communicating to you. God's always trying to give you a message. But the critical thing is, is that if you don't hear it, when the message is small, like the little epiphanies, the little awareness, eventually the pain will increase to the point that it hurts some part of your body. That's when you know you have to make a change. Oh, I believe that. The uncomfortableness, I think, for me, wow. The un- I yeah, wow. I'm I'm sorry. I I I, <laughs> lost my, I I lost my words, but I think it happened on purpose or like intentionally. I because I can't say what it is yet, but it's truly, I think that it's just my, it's coming into my identity fully and owning it where I'm at for the first time in my life. And there is a level of uncertainty with that um, coming ahead. But I know that what we're going into and what we're stepping into, um, it's necessary. But knowing our identity, that's part of the healing. And I, see, I'm with you, man. I, I, I again, I read the Bible, but and and I and I love it, but I know that some things were left it out, taken out. I've read the book of Enoch and the Gospel of Thomas, and I've read these other things that I'm going, this really applies. Like this should be there. My point of that is we have so much that we don't really know. And and I believe that this rapture, this second coming, I believe it's an internal awakening. I because people are sitting around on their butt waiting for Jesus to come back, and I don't believe it works that way. We're supposed to go live our lives and be the hands and feet and to be that example. We're to, but this whole thing, like the world is going to end as we know it, but there's a new heaven, a new earth, and we're going to be here for it. In fact, it's already in transition. Like we're there, like we're going to wake up one morning and everything's going to be different or it could be in the middle of the night or whatever. I don't know, but it is different. I believe you with, I, and that's blasphemous to some people. I understand, but I don't believe that we're being like just yanked off the planet. Like I think we're going to be here for this next evolution too. There's been other other civilizations before us. Like that's no secret. The earth the earth is millions of years old. This is not the first and maybe the last time we go through it. But this is not the first time. Yeah. I I. In my my spirit tells me what you just said is right on. Now, yeah. again, people are going to boldly disagree with that, but a lot of people don't believe in reincarnation either. But if you're bought, if you die, uh, what actually where do you st- I'm going to I'm going to say where I stand on it and then you can <laughs> say what you want. Yeah. But if we die, we're not going right to heaven. Like I don't know why people say that. That's not how it works. It's in the that's clear in the Bible too. So our spirits are floating around. And as someone that's been possessed by demons, and I've also have felt my father, and I a man I hated, but I've felt him. After I forgave him, I felt my dad. When I started DJing, I started feeling my dad there. I, I know that you can call on spirits to show up. It's not just Jesus's spirit. You can call on other spirits too. So how is there not reincarnation? 
if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah, that it, you are so correct. I completely agree with you. It is real. And uh, the way that I try to help people understand this is that on Earth, there's a thing called the electromagnetic spectrum, which is how Wi-Fi signals work or how the microwaves heat our food, fill in the blank. And so that electromagnetic spectrum of how information moves from place to place on Earth, the human eye can only see 0.003% of the entire spectrum. Think about that. So you cannot see right now 99.99999% of the things in front of your face. Like, honestly, you can't. And so I very much believe what Joshua is saying is to be true. I have two spirit guides that are always with me at all times. And that is something I've talked about a lot with clients. They've shared with me stories from themselves or their children where they're interacting with spirits directly. It is absolutely the truth. It is absolutely something that exists here on earth and it is slowly being released to the public to help with their awakening. Mm. So we are at this point right now where people are learning an awful lot about a lot of hidden things, a lot of unethical things that have happened in the government with celebrities, with uh, business, those things are all coming to light. And as that light further expands, we are going to learn more about what our soul is actually here on earth to do. Mm. Right. So we're here for a specific purpose. And so the age of Pisces, which ended in 2012, was designed that 2000 year time frame was very much about teaching people to believe in something outside of themselves. Now we are moving to a place where the second coming of Christ, uh, if you read the book by Pramahansa Yogananda, who he he takes the Bible and he takes the Bhagavad Gita and he compares the stanzas to show how we are moving into a time in human history where everybody is going to be able to trust their own intuition, trust their own soul. And that's why I wrote this book, Joshua. It's called I Know. Ooh. And it's it's exactly that. It's helping people to move from a place of believing in something outside of themselves to trusting that they are a fractal of God. They're just a small piece of God, always connected to everything around it. So we're in this environment. We're moving to a place of trusting our own inner intuition. It's a tough journey because we've been conditioned for decades to believe elsewhere, but we are now walking into our true power. Love it. It gets me so excited. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, it gets me excited because I, it's like, even when I was living very reckless and evil and that life, I always felt deep down in my spirit that I felt like I was living out a Bible story. <laughs> and, like and obviously, I mean, my name's Joshua, but I, I didn't go by Josh then. But I felt in my spirit that I had some kind of relation to Joshua. Like I always like, and it wasn't because of the name. It was because of the leader that he was. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I've here recently because I've, as I've started to heal more and start to understand my identity, like I feel good about claiming, like if a reincarnation truly is real, like I'm just going to own that I'm Joshua. That's <laughs> and that's amazing. a mindset that I'm taking on a little bit of Paul, a lot of Joshua and in the attempt to be more like Christ. Yeah. Like that's, that's like my goal. Those are my, the people that I look to and how I strive to be the leader, the father and so on. Of course, Paul wasn't a father, but that's another story. Anyway, I want to ask you something about leadership. How is leadership going to change? Cause so my impression of leadership coaches and leaders for a long time was that you had someone there that was kind of instructing you, teaching you what to do, helping you discern between right and wrong or what you should do, career choices and so on. 
as more people begin to awaken and start to recognize their identity and why that God put them on this earth, and they become aware of that, how will leadership change? How will coaching leaders change? Yeah. Yeah. Prior to 2012, you know, coaching and, and leadership was very much about how do we adjust ourselves to fit into this other structure or system mm. to allow for that kind of collectivist mindset or structure or hierarchical system to function as well as possible. After 2012, the mindset is continuing to shift. It's going to take another couple of decades to fully shift into a place of leadership will be about deep, incredible levels of self-awareness and how willing you are to stand in your own version of truth, as opposed to following in your father's footsteps or working for a corporation for such and such purpose, fill in the blank. So instead of believing in this thing outside of ourselves or acquiescing and moving ourselves or subjugating ourselves to be something we're not in service of this other corporate or en other entity, we are now moving to a place where leadership is going to be all about coaching. Mm -hmm. So the leader or the coach is going to have to know him or herself incredibly deeply. And then he or she, instead of giving direction, is going to have to be wonderful at two things. Number one, being wonderful at listening with the intent to understand. Number two, be absolutely wonderful at asking thoughtful and deep questions, which did not exist pre-2012. We were just told what to do. So we're transitioning to a place of listening and asking the right questions. That's going to put the motivational speaking business out of business. It probably needs to be. <laughs> Along, along with, uh, well, I mean, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to attack the church because I know some churches do good and uh, all that. But I, I, the part of the awakening is going to be that a lot of those people are in power because they're scumbags um, and they've screwed a lot of people over. I, I believe that like ministry is changing. I talk about it all the time and, and ministry is just going to be the truth. Like, yeah. and, 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 and I, and it's just going to look, things are just going to look different. And I love what you said, because if we are awakened, the way to keep that awakening or that, 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 the, the, the knowing of who we are, knowing our identity, the way to keep that sharp, like you said, is being able to have someone listen and then have someone ask the right questions because those questions, ch questions challenge us. I don't mind. Obviously, I, I, there's a lot of people that don't believe the way that I believe. I don't mind having my beliefs questioned and I don't mind hearing a different perspective because if I do and I change my mind, well, then the, how strong was my faith to begin with yeah. or how strong was my belief? Like, I love the questions and I love having to step back and go, you know, I really don't know. And I don't even, like for as smart as I think I am, I don't even have all the answers with my own self yet. I'm stepping into that. I'm getting closer. And as I do, I'm getting stronger. But I, I like that point. I never would have thought about that in a million years, but you, you were spot on. Yeah. Wow. I, thank you. And, and Jordan Peterson talks about this quite a bit. He's a clinical. Yeah. Just he's been talking a lot lately about how society has been designed to, to, continually talk about this consistent diet of rights and freedoms, which in some context is, is a valid discussion, but not in all contexts. But what he says, and I deeply agree with, is, is that we should be focused more on individual responsibility. Yeah. 
And so instead of talking about collectivist rights and freedoms, we should be talking about individual responsibility because when we know ourselves and we know our connection to God or that we're this little piece of God, we know inherently how to treat ourselves and how to treat others. And so we then become not only in the service of our own growth and awareness, we also become in the service of the contribution of the betterment of others. And so instead of focusing, you know, collectively at this really high level of rights and freedoms, that's not the discussion we should be having. We should be talking about individual responsibility to know oneself deeply and then to then provide your blessings and your strengths and your authority to those around you to uplift the underserved. That's where the strength is. So we're oh. slowly moving to that place. It's just taking time. Gosh, I am ready for that because if when people step into that, there's no room for racism. There's no room for hate and discrimination and judgment. Yeah. Wow. Because you're focused a lot more on how can I serve? How can I give? How can I bless? How can I love? Yeah. Then, yeah. gum, that's good. <laughs> Even the argument of freedom. Arguing for freedom is a little bit selfish in nature. And those of you, listen, I love freedom. Don't get me wrong. But none of us are really free in the way that we think we are, or some people do. And wow, that's big. Uh, what that I wow, you just blew my mind. I love that because because our freedoms sometimes append uh, not append, what's the word? Um, they sometimes our freedom or we claim freedom or give me my freedom back. We're actually violating somebody else in the process. That way of thinking. Wow, that's good. I love so, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And I don't agree with everything he says, but I'm an Alan Watts fan too. I love Alan Watts. He's got great and stuff. I so good. And again, we don't necessarily agree with everything, but I don't care. I like I love he's 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 brilliant. He's yeah. brilliant. I don't even agree with Vision, but he's also brilliant. Yeah. Um and a lot of people don't agree with agree with everything I say, but I'm brilliant. That's okay, too. Like, <laughs> That's okay, when, too. What people need to really take a step back and understand, Joshua, is that you know, television and the media, like they call it programming for a reason, mm -hmm. right? The, the shows that we have available to us via the cable networks, it's called programming for a reason because it's what people don't understand is that when they see the same message over and over and over and over again, uh, it gets baked into their subconscious. And what that does is it forces them subconsciously to like the message even if they consciously disagree with it. So each person that watches TV or hears a specific message from a specific media source is being programmed away from individual responsibility and into freedoms and rights. But freedoms and rights is inherently pitting one person against the next. And that is not the society we want, right? We're all, we're all of the human race. We are all the same inherently. That's so good. It's obvious to me why people should hire you as a coach. But let's hear it from you. Why should people work with you? Like I said, it's obvious. Yeah. But <laughs> I think, oh, tell them. Because they're very, listen, I, I, I actually, I, I'm retracting the question for just a second. I want to say, like, I want to acknowledge the fact that it's amazing how not just present you are, but you're very grounded and rooted in a way that I don't see from a lot of men that come on the show. A lot of people that are just talking out of their ass and it's like, you can tell. And yeah, they know what they're saying, but it's not coming from this 
here. And I really want to acknowledge you for that because whether whether I agree with everything you're saying or not, that doesn't matter. You, the fact is you're speaking your truth as you know it. And that in itself is magnetic. I, I, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. So now with that said, why should people work with you? <laughs> Thank you, Joshua. I've had thousands and thousands of hours in the arena helping people awaken, like to shed the old mental models, to shed those old things that they taught, they were taught to be right or wrong, to, to like really help them identify the patterns in their life. And so my life's work is very much about, hey, I'm going to set up a safe place for you to be your most authentic self. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to guide you to come up with the answers that you know are already inside of your heart. So from thousands of hours in the arena to a lot of experiential learning and a lot of mistakes and a lot of reflection and a lot of journaling on my part, I've been able to experiment with and try a lot of different approaches. And I've landed on an approach that does what I think is just the right amount of balance of objective and subjective looks at who we are so that people can walk away from interactions with me knowing unequivocally what their life's mission is, what their core values are, and what makes them unique and different in the marketplace. So after working with me, I can give you those three things undoubtedly. And then from there, you will know what to do. Love it. Do you, um, is it all one-on-one? -on -one? Is it group? Do you have a course? I know you have the book, but how, how do you structure your coaching? Yeah, there's a lot of ways from the book to there is, uh, there are three online courses on my website to, cool. I do lead something called the you and I know circle, which is a part reading group, part mastermind, part coaching with me. And I do one-to-one -one coaching as well, sometimes for one session, sometimes up to 12 or 13 sessions. So there's lots of different price points and lots of different ways to engage my ideas and my material. It's really really just helping, as you mentioned earlier, Joshua, I just want to meet people where they are. And so I have lots of different ways by which they can do that. I dig it, man. I, I want to have you back. Um, I want to talk to you longer. I, uh, you know, I have to, I need to end the interview now or the conversation. This is not an interview. It was a conversation. Um, but I, I would love to have you back because I just, I dig what you're about. Um, and uh, just a solid human being. And I tell everybody where they can find you. You have, I, I love, I love actually how you've branded and marketed yourself. And I'm going to have like on our website, when we create, release the media kit, all of your contact information, your book and all that will be there. Uh, but let the radio and uh, everyone that's watching right now, let them know how they can find you and how they can support what you're yeah. doing. Of course. So the website is michaelssiever.com. My middle name is Scott. And uh, so michaelssiever.com is kind of a repository of articles, of interviews, of online courses, of ways to engage me. And then if you happen to be at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you know, Apple, Google, check out I Know, written by me, because it's a great way to be able to hear not only or read my life story, but also walk yourself from that place of disengagement to that place of happiness and clarity. I dig it, man. Uh, God bless you, bro. Thank you for being here. Thank you. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Michael Seaver, everyone. Gosh, man, I love that. And I really didn't want to cut it short because I wanted to talk. I had like, I have about 15 or 20 more questions to ask him. Uh, I really want to dive into his book too. Now I want to buy his book. Um, <laughs> I I gotta. I'm going to fit all this in. I, listen, it's often, it's very, very rare that I recommend a coach uh, because most people I know are coaches of some kind. 
But this is a deeper level, I believe. And his question, uh, he set up, he actually set up his answer with what I, he was saying about the future of coaching or leadership and where that's going as we become awakened. His answer was perfect because that's the truth. I mean, it's really true and uh, highly recommend him, guys. So check him out. And uh, th thank you to everyone watching on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you to E360. Thank you to Pathwater. Thank you to State and Liberty. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. See you soon.